And welcome back to Coaching with the Bible. This week, Nusso on Unity. The concept of unity is closely related to our conversation from last week on harmony. Some view them as interchangeable with each other. I wanted to slightly differentiate between the two and really dive deep on the manner in which unity is developed uh, in this week's Torah reading, in this week's portion. Harmony last week I described by using the imagery of a school of fish coming together and the manner in which they emerge and how that emergence happens. And for me, on some level, the concept of harmony is maybe more of an emotional state, the sense that everything comes together, that there's a feeling that everything comes together, that all the parts sort of move in a way that is intuitive and almost on some level not conscious in the sense that it's just happening naturally and normally and without question, and why would you think otherwise? For me, that's some sense of harmony that's there. Unity is certainly related Although I want to sort of think about unity in a slightly different way. And I want to sort of think about unity in the sense of there being a chord more aligned with the ideas. And that we can work towards unity, we can work towards harmony, certainly. But I think that they are certainly related. But I want to add this angle and this this nuance here with respect to unity um, above and beyond simply just harmony. And so how do we see that uh, portraying itself and showing itself uh, in the Bible this week? And we're going to also draw in a concept from last week that I had intended to set out and put out before the holiday. And so we'll just add it in this week, not a problem. And so the concept of unity is developed very interestingly this week uh, through the repetition and listing of all of the leaders of all the tribes in the bringing of their uh, gifts, each one on his his day, each tribe on their day, bringing their gift at the dedication ceremony or the dedication celebration of the tabernacle uh, in the desert. And we see unity here how. So it's interesting. I'm going to show a couple of examples of the unity factor. First is the notion that In the course of bringing the gifts, there is particularly one detail wherein the gifts are brought and each one only brings a half or only brings part of the gift. In the sense, similar to the idea that we saw in another location in the Bible, when the Jewish people, the people of Israel are being counted, each person brings a half shekel, a half of a measure and not a whole measure. In the sense that there's some sort of combining factor that no one on their own is able to accomplish, but that together, unified, things can happen that can be accomplished. And so, it is the case that in the um, seventh chapter of the book of Numbers, in the third verse, it describes what they would bring, what they brought. And it describes specifically a bringing of wagons and a certain number of animals. And so whereas in every case on the individual day for each one of the tribes, they brought extensive amounts of gifts, right? Here it mentions that there were only, 
There was six wagons here and 12 cattle. One for each tribe, one cattle per, right? Um, but it was a carriage for two of the leaders, of two of the um, tribal leaders. They would go together in a carriage. And the question is why? Like if they were so extensive and so decorative and so specific at the detail level of bringing the gifts, when it was individualized there, so why here do we have sort of a minimized number of wagons? We should have 12 wagons. We only have six. So I saw a very interesting insight in a safer in a book that I don't think we've quoted just yet in the course of all of our work together over 30 plus weeks. It's a book called Shemen Hatov. And this series of works in English translated as the uh the good oil uh, was written by a rabbi by the name of Rabbi uh, Mickey Weinberger, Rabbi Bernard Weinberger who was the rabbi for, I think, 50 years or so of a synagogue in Brooklyn called the Young Israel of Brooklyn. And he was also my father's teacher uh, in high school. So for many, many years, I met him many years later, um, and uh, I, got, I was able to get a copy of one volume uh, of, his, of his work. And so therein he comments on this specific point that we just mentioned that seems odd that if we're going to go to such great lengths, to such great deal, that everyone is bringing a full measure and a full gift on their own, why only six here? And so he comments that basically each of the tribal leaders was being cognizant and considerate and thinking about the other ones and the idea that by virtue of actively working in a mode where they had to be collaborative and to share, that that would inspire unity. And so whereas our concept of harmony was sort of this visual of the entire community moving in a certain direction and moving a certain way or encamping a certain way, in the way that we described that uh, Bilam, the, the, the false prophet, uh, describes them and how beautiful are your tents. Here, it's more in concept and idea that is shown itself in practice. And so there is a unity in their minds as to how they want to practice and how they want to show themselves publicly to everyone else. So instead of each one bringing uh, their, own cha- their own chariot, their own caravan in that space, they brought only six. And so they had to share. And so sharing created a bond between different tribes. So that's one example. A second example of the concept of unity that's brought in here is that even though each one of the different tribes got their own specific day, they are mentioned by name and their tribal leader is the person who's bringing the gift on behalf of his tribe, At the end, end, end of all of the descriptions, the Bible then sums them all up. Gets to sort of a collective idea between the different uh, tribes ultimately. So even though, yes, you have your space and you have your day, ultimately we're drawing them all together because it's really one big group. It's really one giant gift and there's no difference between you. So even though you each got your own day, and even though the exegetical materials, the Midrashim, describe that each one of the leaders is bringing his own gift from his own supply, and that each one has his own specific intentionality and focus and mindfulness in the 
uh, gift that he is bringing that day. So the tribe of Judah is thinking about uh, the monarchy and the kingdom. Um, and the tribe of Issachar is thinking about the mantle of Torah study, of Bible study, right? And each one has their thing. Ultimately, they are united under the mantle of being the tribes of Israel and ultimately the nation of Israel. And so what happens here in the Bible is that the Bible is at the same moment valuing diversity, because each tribe is different and they each bring their own special powers and special strengths and special talents Mm -hmm. to the fore. But at the same time, it is also celebrating unity. It's a very powerful uh, term. I actually saw there's a synagogue that I think that that's their sort of their mantra. We are each diverse. We are each unique. We are each separate. We have each of our own uh, roles and purposes in the world and destinies and goals. And at the same time, at the same time, there can be collective unity and connection between uh, the different peoples. And that, I think, is where the harmony comes from the unity, I think. I think that the harmony is sort of, in my mind, an expression um, of the unity. And so it's important for us uh, in our own lives uh, to appreciate that sense of creating unity, creating opportunities for unity, creating opportunities for collaboration, or even in situations where we can do something or accomplish something on our own, there may be a better way as the opportunity to include others in that, and then we can create a stronger sense of team, one, and it's a, overall, it's just a stronger sense of unity uh, around it. And my work with um, organizations and, and working with them on crowdfunding and online fundraising We very much preach the concepts of developing a unity around the message, unity around the goal, unity unity around the story, and to work together as a team. And that's different and unique than many other ways in which people raise money when, you know, they'll go on on, on a trip by themselves and they'll go meet one donor and another donor and another donor and another donor. So it's one person handling it. But in this concept, in this space, the greater power of the crowd is that in the crowd coming together and unifying um, around it. And so ultimately, where we've discussed what the Bible is talking about here in this concept of unity, which is deeper than what we talked about last year, perhaps last week, uh, the idea of harmony. So then we have to sort of move it forward. And so how do we then begin to build unity or even harmony among the different teams that we work with uh, in our in our lives? And it's clearly the case in many, many great leaders and uh, CEOs have written that they spend much of their time uh, on HR-related matters dealing with their people, and a lot of it has to do often with simply what we'll call office politics, but it's the ability of trying to uh, work with every single person to get all the parts to fit. There's that harmony, but ultimately that they're united uh, around sort of two things. And then there's a great article that I saw on the last day or so describing it. Ultimately, how do you build the best teams and how do you develop talent So to build great teams has two ingredients, this person wrote. One, unity is created when people care about their team's goal. One, unity is created when people care about their teammates. Two ingredients, that to get team unity, 
one of or both of those ingredients need to be in play. Again, unity around people caring about the goals, unity around people caring about their teammates. And some people care more about the people, some people care more about the goal. And the leader has to figure out which one they need to lean in on to work on more of, spend more time on, so that they can get closer towards unity. As you get the team towards unity, the same way that we talked about harmony, you get greater results, you get greater success. And so what we're trying to approach here and to appreciate here is that this idea that the Bible is pushing, again, at the beginning of the fourth book here, is this mention of last week of this concept of harmony and the beauty of the harmony, and here is the great depth and value of unity, of the leaders coming together in this manner to preach and teach unity. We don't learn a lot about most of the people who are listed here as the leaders of the tribes. Only two of them get mentioned anywhere else uh, in the Bible beyond this moment here or beyond the moments here in this week's uh, portion. One is the leader of the tribe of Judah. He's mentioned way back in the beginning of Exodus. And one is the leader of the tribe of Simon, who's mentioned later on in the Bible uh, in, in this book, also in the book of Numbers, under actually a different name. And maybe we'll have the time to discuss it at that point, and we will. But that is the, me- the message. The message is that there is diversity and that there is um, uniqueness that's applied to each one of the tribes. And at the same time, that is manifest through the leader and the leader bringing the gift. And at the same time, it is the idea that this group of people teach us this incredible value and the meaning and the need for unity. And so the power of unity and the power of a unified group of people around an idea does not require necessarily a large group of people to rally around an idea, but a unity among them around the idea, even as there is a diversity of talent and skill and action among those different players, that unity is incredibly powerful. So the one additional mention I'll make here, we'll get a little bit more biblical this week than we normally do here, is that in the last week's reading in the book, in the beginning of Numbers, it mentions that uh, God spoke to Moses at in Sinai. So it's sort of like an odd thing to sort of mention there, because it seems out of place, because it's already been uh, explained at length, and they haven't moved and they haven't gone anywhere. This is the additional point. And so I mentioned to a friend uh, last week this idea, uh, and actually had recorded it to share before the holiday, I just didn't get, I, didn't, I ran out of time, um, is that one of the key ingredients of the people being at Sinai, one of the, cre- the key learnings of the people coming to Sinai, and as the people are now going to leave Sinai, is that they have to take Sinai with them, the good of Sinai at least. And so what's taught at the beginning of their time in this place, as they arrive, as they arrive at Sinai, the Bible mentions there um, that they came together at the foot of the mountain, and then they rested and they camped at the foot of the mountain. And the Bible describes it in singular form and not in plural. So the the nation came as one to rest at the foot of the mountain. Thereon, the famous commentary Rashi comments and says, they were like one person with one heart. 
unified. The first time they get unity as a people is when they are resting for the first time at the foot of the mountain. So they had been running, they had been being chased, they had gone through the the sea, they had survived Egypt, they had gone through the war uh, with the Amalekites, uh, they had suffered without, you know, some food and without some water and all that other stuff, and now they finally have a chance to rest, and they finally have the chance to rest right before the revelation of God at Sinai is when they get unity. So unity is this incredibly powerful concept that they must take with them, they must work on, they must build, even as they're celebrating the diversity, to can really build and have the unity. And so in the second uh, portion of this week, we develop this concept of unity a little bit further, unity among the people, unity around the ideas, unity around the messages and the goals of what it is to me to be the people of the book, the people of the Bible, the people of Israel in that space, in that moment. Okay, that's Coaching with the Bible for this week. Look forward to seeing you next week. Those of you celebrating, have a Shabbat Shalom.